0: Dot com forward slash join. Or if you're just in search to connect with other like-minded interior designers, you can join our free community also located at designcoven.com forward slash join. Hey there, we have a bonus episode today. Um, I was going to make this a typical Tuesday episode. Uh, But once Tiani and I started talking, we really got into the eclipse that's happening. So we've got an eclipse portal happening on May 1st with the new moon in Taurus, going through the full moon in Scorpio, which is, you know, in two weeks from that new moon. So I thought it'd be better timing-wise to release this episode so that you can prepare yourself for the eclipse and just the energy that is surrounding this. And then Tiani also has a program on her website. If you wanted to dig a little bit deeper, take a look at your astrological chart. And I also suggest pulling your chart for this episode because we dive in to the chart as well. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that we there are some swearing There's some swearing happening in this episode. So if you are listening with little ones, this might be an episode to listen with a headset or to listen um, at another time. And uh, that's it. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Bewitching the Home, where we explore holistic interior design and its influence on all areas of our mind, body, and spirit. We discuss practices in creating sacred space in alignment with our higher selves And feature conversational explorations with special guests and ventures through the realm of mindfulness, holistic approaches to design, wellness in the home, and sustainability. I'm your host, Rachel Lorraine Crawford. Alrighty, welcome back. We have Tiani joining us today on Bewitching the Home. I am going to go ahead and open our space. I'm gonna ring our bell, light our candle pull us a card, and um, share what brew we're, we're enjoying. So just taking a moment to get centered into our bodies. coming present in the moment. And I of course, some am lighting our candle, connecting to our higher selves with the fire spirit any ancestors, wisdom, and I've dedicated this uh, beeswax candle to our work. So always, always have our candle with us from Mithras. Go ahead and pull us a card. I always pull a deck that I feel called to, and today it's my tried and true Rider Waite Coleman Smith deck that I first purchased when I was 17. This is like (laughs) <laughs> this is the one I use all the time. So let me go ahead and pull up the card today. Oh, we did the six of cups, which is so perfect for this stack. So really reconnecting to childhood, connecting to memories, connecting to that space of wonder, the space of, I, I almost feel like this is just a beautiful space of innocence. And we'll dive into a little bit of that fourth house that Tiani is going to talk to us about and it's just like this bringing us up bringing us back to home um but in a in a very soft gentle uh, and caring way and speaking of soft and gentle i love connecting with the cups of course with water and liquids and today i'm nourishing myself with a kombucha and it's nova as always and it's the mint watermelon So good. So it's in the afternoon, so I'm indulging a little bit in a little um, alcoholic kombucha. (laughs) Tiani, what do you got over there? Well, Starbucks, I'm
1: just drinking tea because it's the morning here. So I'm just having my cup of tea. Ah,
0: beautiful. Yeah. So Tiani's in Australia. So we do have a time difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I always start off by asking what is home to you what's home for you right now
1: it's always wherever I am for me because my heart is my home and my body is my home and it's my vessel so I find that I can be at home wherever I go you know wherever you go there you are so that's just been a practice of mine for a long time is not having something separate and I think that Uh, as we go along uh, today when I share about my own fourth house it's because I don't have anything in it so the universe actually is my home so I've found comfort in Mother Earth and comfort in nurturing my own soul and heart that I'm always supported and I'm always held uh, no matter what location, no matter what uh, actual physical space, Um, so home for me is always just myself Mm, I love
0: that and Johnny, I've just been a fan of yours from like the moment I saw you on, I think it was an Instagram story and like, you're just the way you speak and the way you just cut through it all. There's no like BS. It's just like, here's what it is. And you're straight. And I'm just like, yes, like, you know, I just love that about you. And, um, so I wanted to share you with everybody here because you're always my go-to and it's like, okay, what the heck is happening in, in space and with the planets and, you know, it's like, I can always count on you. I can always go to your stories. I can go to your feed. And it's just like, you've always got like the 411 um, for us. But I would love for you to go into your origin story. Like, tell us how you got involved in all this. How, I want
1: to know all of it. Right. I mean, I like looking at all your, your visual appeasing stuff is to my Venusian art. So I love watching your yes. stories and your beautiful inner interior, gorgeous things. I'm like, gosh, if you were in australia i'd need you to do like space for me i could hold all of my circles and things in space that you curate with magic so the feeling's very sure um thank you okay. uh, so yes i'm very no bullshit i'm a taurus with lots of taurus placements so um you know and i've been in this what i like to call the spiritual entertainment industry for you know over 20 years so i've watched Everything sort of come and go, and and always sort of still been on my own island within the culture because I don't really resonate with a lot of it because it's just just to make money, which I'm not you know, I'm not cool with. So, but ultimately, I've been into astrology since I was nine. Um, you know, thanks to a transit happening in my own chart. Uh, the planet of astrology is Uranus. It's also Mercury as well, but Uranus is the more modern planet, and. Um, uranus was going through my third house when i was a young girl um and that means that you know the the third house is the mind and being stimulated and often you know some people might have uranus go through their third house when they're 30 or 50 or 17 but i had it at a young age so it constantly just stimulated me straight away like uranus is revolutionary he's the sky god or varanus and he was giving me insight and information and all I cared about my whole life was what sign are you? What signs your parents, what signs your kids, what signs your cat, what signs your dog? Like it's the only thing I remember. And I do have a very photographic memory around it. Like I've just recently sort of like gone, I think I might, might, might be a little bit of an astrology savant. However, I do want to like, you know, not claim that because I think Leo King who is American, um, who I do love, um, he is very incredible with, with stuff like his mind just, it blows me away. And he's like, oh, I think he's a few years younger than me, but. Okay. So for me, I just see the chart. I feel the chart. I will remember everyone's signs. If I've met you 10 years ago, I'll still remember that you're a cancer. Um, I'm watching Superstore for the third time. Cause it's just the funniest fucking show in the world. And I still remember <laughs> that Glenn is a cancer. Cause I Google everyone's signs straight away. I need to know who everyone is. Uh, in real life and you know astrology is just my language you know it's just the way I speak it's the way I live I embody I'm an embodied astrology teacher an embodied astrologer um it's it's every day all day every day all I talk is astrology it's sort of like any question you have for me the answer is astrology it's all in our charts when we understand that we you know astrology is this incredible tool of Self-acceptance and also acceptance and tolerance of other people because when we understand astrology and the archetypes, so astrology is more than oh, you're a Taurus or you're a Libra, like it's more than labeling someone a sign because people aren't signs. We all have 12 signs in our in our zodiac chart. Yep. So we are all 12 archetypes. And if we move away from labeling people, but we then have the understanding of, oh, that person's moons in this sign oh, that's why we don't really click because my moon's in this watery, like emotional, blah, blah, blah. And that's in this fiery, like, you know, like, so I was like, oh, okay, I I see that. And there's an understanding and a total acceptance. So, you know, there's less judgment and more love because you can understand people's blueprints, you know, even when when people don't understand them themselves, you know, an astrologer knows, you know, like an astrologer can pick up people's signs and pick up those things because of the way people So, um, you know, it's just a language that I've been speaking forever. And now it's my full-time gig and, and I love it. And I, you know, I wouldn't, I, I, once you open to working with the planets and understanding them and understanding cycles and understanding your own cycles within your own charts or micro in the macro cycles, um, you know, life you know, changes forever. Like your life will never be the same again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, So I would love to kind of dig into maybe some things that you can give us some insight. And I want to encourage everybody, if you haven't already pulled out your charts or pulling up your charts, you can always pause this and pull your chart real fast. And Tiani, what's the, um, is there a certain website that you trust the most out of? And we'll put the link in the um, show notes as well. So it's always just astro.com astro.com. Okay. So yeah, so we'll have everyone pull their chart so they can take a look at it, see what's going on. And I love that you mentioned, you know, we all have all 12 signs going on. It's not, we're never just one particular thing. And and I feel like there's some key aspects that you can give us on where to look in our chart to get certain things that are connecting us to our homes, to our possessions, to, you know, all those things that we surround ourselves with and just to give us some extra insight so that we can understand, like you know, why we do certain things or what clicks, or you know, all of that sort of info. So where do you think we should start? And and Tani has my chart too, so we'll be able to kind of use that as an example to kind of help guide
1: us as we navigate um, all of this. Yes. So there's a couple of things that we look at for the home. Firstly, we do look at the fourth house, which was so pertinent to the card that you pulled. You said the Six of Cups is around childhood memories. Yeah. That right? <laughs> That's that childhood card. Of course. I'll make that shit up. Yeah. Um, so the fourth house is the base of the chart. So it's the the darkest part of the chart. It's the midnight part of the chart. So ultimately, it's the anchor. You know, we look at we look at the chart. If we look at the chart, it's obviously a round circle. There's four main points to the chart, um, which is our ascendant, descendant, midheaven, and IC. And so we look at the the those four points as the times of the day. So your rising sign, your ascending sign, is literally what's what. Uh, what was going on when you were born? Yeah. So that can be morning, night, whenever you were born, like there, there is a sign rising on the horizon. Right. So that is, so it. our 6am point is like our, our sunrise is what I'm trying to say. Sunrise. So sunrise is our ascendant and sunset is our descendant. So everything is polarity in astrology. like Ascendant okay. and descendant. So they're opposite signs. So if you're a Libra rising you'll be an Aries descendant if you're a Gemini rising you'll be a Sag descendant and then at midday we have the highest point of the chart which is our career and which is our ambition and success and goals and where we're heading so it's directly when the sun is above us right so and we know what that feels like when the sun is at midday it's at its peak right so that is our midheaven, our career, and then directly underneath that, of course, would be midnight, which is our IC, E. Um, It is this nadia, so it's it's a it's around midnight, and we see that the, the midnight part of the chart as the roots of the tree. You know, so it's the underground. It's it's what's hidden. Yeah. Um, so there's a few houses that show like hidden, sort of shadowy, sort of stuff. But we'll look at the fourth house because it is related to your childhood. It is related to your home, Um, it is related to your ancestry, how you grew up, Uh, you know, it can be where you grew up. So for some people, like with a lot of planets in their fourth house, they might find that they're very connected to family tradition. They might uh, even work with their family. They might, you know, have stayed in the same um area and of course astrology is so layered this is of course very general because there can be a million different things going on in your charts that that tell another story but in general that fourth house really does show um you know our childhood and our home but it's the beginning it's the roots it's 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 ruled by cancer naturally and Cancer is, you know, it's it's ruled by the moon. So what feels like home for us, it's the unconscious part of us. It's what are you doing at home when no one else is looking? Right. Like that's that's what yeah, it comes yeah. down to. It's when you're really uninhibited. Um, it's your private life, you know, it's it's it really is this sort of I call it the soul's home as well, because I find that, okay, you know, if just say you're having a renovation in your home, um, I find that you're also having an inner renovation now you might not have yes you might not have planets in your fourth house but the planets in the sky are always moving around right so you might have planets in the sky activating your fourth house now this has been very true for me uh, when we had renovations in our house I had a lot of planets so there's been a lot of planets in Capricorn over the past couple of years all going through my fourth house because my fourth house is ruled by, by Capricorn so you want to have a look at the sign that's on your fourth house, right? And it's because remember, the opposite will be your midheaven. So, of course, my midheaven then must be ruled by Cancer, because my my IC is ruled by Capricorn. So straight away, we, we, can, we can straight away start to understand astrology doesn't have to be hard. It's just a language that we have to just start to understand. So, um when a lot of planets are going through Capricorn, like at the moment, we've still got Pluto in Capricorn and, you know, I've still got renovations. Our house flooded in the floods in Australia. You know, we're gonna have workmen here, like literally pulling down the basement of our house. Like we've got a two-story house, it's internal stairs. And my daughter lives down there Um, and her whole room got, you know, flooded, all furniture. So it's like the base of my my chart with Capricorn, with Pluto, yeah. you know, and I've got this, I've got a Cancer moon, so Pluto's opposite my Cancer moon this year. So, like, you can't make this shit up. Like, it's the, the base of my chart, it's the base yeah. of my home, right? So that is what's being flooded out. So you're going to have these activations. You know, when something activates your fourth house, you will find that there's a lot more energy that you're putting into your home. Again, renovations, things like that. Maybe you've got... Um, you know, problems in your home. So, you know, the lights are always blowing or you've got leaky taps. You're going to see these things with transits, right? Like that's what's so crazily mind-blowing. So when we look at the physical home, the fourth house is a great first place to to start. You know, we want to look at that fourth house and and it will take you, and you know, it will take you back to your childhood because what did we learn when we were kids, like our home, like that's my home. And did you move around a lot? Did you have a stable home? Were your parents still together? Like all of this stuff we can see in our chart and with what was being activated through our chart. So like I said, I had Uranus moving through my third house when I was around nine. So all of a sudden, you know, astrology is just my language. It lands for me. It's like it's been downloaded over hundreds of lifetimes. I just get it. I'm into numerology. I'm into all of these things, right? That, That becomes my language. And Growing up being the astrology person, you know, it's not like a cool thing like it is these days. Like these days, it's like, oh my God, you're like into horoscopes. And it's like, well, you know, yeah. it hasn't been my whole life. Like I haven't just gotten on a trend, you know, like, it's not, trust me, <laughs> you know, when you're a teenager and even in my twenties, it wasn't cool to be into astrology. Let me just get a bucket. Uranus, this planet of disruption, awakening and revolution went through my fourth house. I went to five different primary schools in six years, you know, I moved a lot a very very unstable childhood so straight away whilst I don't have planets in my natal chart in my fourth house all the time Uranus moved through my fourth house when I was a young girl so I had this very unstable unsteady childhood so we start to piece together like, ah, you know, anyone who has Uranus maybe in their fourth house or Uranus moved through their fourth house when they were younger, there was some sort of instability. Maybe the parents broke up. Maybe something out of the blue happened, you know. And my husband's got Uranus in the fourth house and, you know, he had moves, his parents split up. So, I mean, it's all there and that's what's so, like, great about astrology is that it's all there. So often when we work with the fourth house, you know, Feelings of the past will come up, you know, and I think that we then, you know, we work that into our own homes, right? Like our homes then become this reflection of maybe our childhood, our past, what feels safe to us, what feels comfortable. Um, You know, some people hoard, some people don't, and that's sort of a second house thing that I'll talk about in a moment as well. So, you know, I'd love to even hear from you around like what you see in this sort of home space and how you feel that that reflects people and maybe you know even just riffing from your own experience and your own childhood because you don't have any planets in your fourth house yet you're a home decorator but I'm going to tell everyone I'm going to tell everyone why soon but still just to know that um you know how you see this mirror image of the way you are and, and you know just maybe from yeah, your own perspective. yeah of course so one thing I did
0: want to mention before I go into my history is you just talking about you know people growing up and I get a lot of clients where I will show them a sofa or I will show them something and they automatically go nope 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 that was in my childhood home I do not want that that was my parents I'm and it's just like what well, it's like this huge like um trigger for them and it's just like you wouldn't even know you know until you show them this thing and it, it t- flashes back to them and a lot of times those childhood memories are so like deep and they're not supportive and strong and it just like it transports them and it's like okay and it's like I totally get it and then you know we sh- and then we shift gears and then it's like okay, hey, we're going into another direction um, but I just wanted to say that because I've noticed that in many many clients where it automatically takes them back and it's it's incredibly crazy. Um, So that makes a lot of sense, just what you were talking about with that. Um, And you talking about my fourth, uh, uh, me growing up personally, when I I grew up in San Diego, but I traveled, I was born in Northern California and came down here. And we came down to San Diego and we didn't have a place to live. We lived in a shelter. And before that, we lived when my parents were still together in this teeny tiny house that was literally like maybe one bedroom. It was a studio and it was behind my my father's parents' house. And then we did find a house eventually. And it was a little tiny apartment, two bedroom apartment, probably under a thousand square feet. And it was, you know, five of us, me and my brothers. And there was that one point where I was then living in the living room. So I was sleeping on a, like a little foam cot in the living room in junior high. And I would go visit my dad during the summer. And he always had the tiniest little places it would be a studio that we would all sleep in a teeny tiny little cottage and there was one point where he was living in a camper and so and then I'm thinking about stuff now and I'm like I'm so comfortable in little spaces I'm almost obsessed with like tiny living and like a dream of mine is to like live in a little airstream. And then I'm, I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm you know, there must be some sort of thread <laughs> connecting back to those spaces. I just I love tiny little spaces compared to like I can't imagine living in like a giant house like that to me is just crazy. Oh, that's that's
1: amazing. And, you know, knowing that so Rachel has a Leo IC, which means the sun rules her fourth house okay so what we look at is if you don't have any planets placed in your fourth house Mm. um we look at the ruler of the fourth house and that is the planet that rules the sign so leo is ruled by the sun okay so to get a more depiction of well what is home you know because the fourth house i just want to supersede and say it actually is property and real estate and acquiring property landscaping and interior design like i'm still you know it still is those physical aspects of physical house yeah. right um but then i but then i was looking at rachel's chart and it's like oh okay so the sun rules her fourth house where is her son it's in the fifth house with we, four other planets in that fifth house which is very much around creativity right so and the sun is her sense of self so growing up like it was that source of self purpose or, or what made you feel safe and You know, interesting because you've got a Leo moon, you know, so you've got this sort of mum and dad energy around this Leonian archetype, right? Um, Because the sun rules your fourth house of home and childhood and family, but then your sun's in the fifth house and what you've done with that is make it creative. Like simply putting it is that um, Rachel has what's called a stellium in the fifth house uh, because there's five planets in the one sign planets in libra because her son is in libra but that fifth house is that sense of like self-expression it's actually the house that is ruled naturally by leo so it's a very expressive (laughs) she's got this very way of like this is who i am and this is how i will show you who i am and that is by beauty and design and it could have been anything it could have been music it could have been acting you know, it could have been anything, but there was there is no way that Rachel couldn't be super creative with a stellium in the big house. It might still be her Achilles heel at times. It's sort of like not an Achilles heel like um it's my nemesis, but it's like I can't not be that. You know, when people are like, yeah. I want to be this, but then they'll change and then they'll constantly change their minds. As someone who knows who they are and knows their purpose, it would be hard to imagine doing anything else. And that's sort of, you know, been my journey as well. Like I would die if I couldn't, you know, be reading astrology books or sharing astrology or even talking. You know, my whole thing is around talking and teaching in the sort of the spiritual community. And I would die if I had to work a nine to five and, you know, work in a soul, like that wouldn't be me. But, but, And this is like this big stellium that you've got in your fifth house. It's like, yeah, sometimes it's it's this Achilles heel that's like, oh, oh, you know, I'm always thinking about it. It's every, it's my whole life, but ultimately sometimes it's like, oh, fuck, you know, can I switch off? Like, can I switch off from this? Yeah. Um, and then you can be yeah. really, like, hard on yourself because you've got all these planets there too. Oh, it's not perfect and it needs to look like this, you know. Like, if, if it's not like this, I can't share it, you know. But even being okay oh, with hard. And, yes, and being okay with imperfection is a big lesson for you because of all the Leonian stuff going on for you stellium in the fifth house which is naturally ruled by leo a leo um a a leo ic so the sun ruling that part of home and then this you know you've got mars and leo mars and your moon conjunct in leo as well so there's this whole lot of i need to express who i am and you do that creatively so it's really fascinating because it could have gone either way because you've also got jupiter in your fifth house so i you know i was even wondering like you know big spaces like you know you just said you couldn't live in big spaces but like i, I there's also that spaciousness of like maybe you architecturally design really big spaces because i see you doing a lot of big spaces that's very different to how you want to live right absolutely yeah those are two completely different
0: worlds um you know our, our personal space and then but you know having that expansion of and then what i'm seeing almost like with creating big spaces is creating big community creating you know on a global scale for people to take like the knowledge and the things that i'm doing and wanting to teach other people how to you know to design on in a spiritual way um you know throughout the globe right so so there's like these different parts and pieces of of this creative force <laughs> that's happening with me
1: <laughs> yes and so we looked, We can then, because the, the fourth house is naturally ruled by the moon, Um, you know, and this is what's so in sync with, like, and perfect with what Rachel does, you know, she's like, what's home to you right now? It's all about home. It's all about, like, like I said, the fourth house is interior decorating and what's her job? It's interior decorating. The fourth house plays a strong role in Rachel's chart, despite the fact that, that she doesn't have any planets there. And that's what we must remember. Everyone gets caught up in, I don't have any planets in that house. And I'm just like, ten house, um, 12 houses, 10 planets, do the math. There's always going to be empty houses. You do not have to have yeah. planets in every single house. And because the, the fourth house is brought naturally by the moon, we then go and have a look at all the moon. And look at Rachel's moon. It's in Leo. So again, there's this extra connection to the fourth house. Home solidity and being, you know, moving around a lot and, and not having maybe a stable like a purchased house or something like that growing up has, you know, would have mean, meant that, you know, you're expressing that it now in your your business but also for your own family now, like structure and solidity and foundation is important, you know, but it's going to be expressed in a really... Big way because it's very Leonian. You know, it's going to be centered around, well, this is, you know, it's like an art piece. You know, Leo is the the artist. You know, Leo is this dramatic artist who I find is so self expressive and so creative that that's how you've remedied that, if that makes sense. You know, we start to remedy our own childhood, we start to remedy our own past, we start to remedy that within our own charts. Through our own experiences so we can heal those sorts of childhood things however you know if often what what happens is if there's a lot of planets in the fourth house it means that that actually is a very strong part of your journey in this lifetime so we can see how rachel's has turned out for example like it's it's coming all the way look, it keeps coming back to leo sun in the fifth moon in leo like it keeps coming back right however Someone with a lot of planets in the fourth might find a lot of family karma, you know, like maybe you've been able to separate yourself. Like, I mean, we can say that we've all got family karma. I get that. But when you meet someone with a lot of planets in their fourth, and trust me, I have seen thousands of charts. I have read it, yes, I've seen it all. I've got no planets in my fourth either. And that's why I was sharing earlier that home for me is the universe because the ruler of my fourth house is in the 12th house. 12th House is about spiritual connection, the divinity, meditation, spiritual stuff, like literally the universe. So even when I read that years ago, I cried. I was like, oh my God, like, yes, like I've never felt at home with family, but I feel at home with Mother Earth and with the universe. So family isn't my like my thing in this lifetime. Okay. And that's what we see in our charts. You know, we all have different. You know we all have different things right like we all have different lessons and learnings and blessings so when the fourth house is empty we can navigate like oh okay this is how it showed up for rachel this is how it showed up for me but if you've got a lot of planets in your fourth house you will be entangled and enmeshed in your family somehow you know there is no other way like i know someone with four or five planets in their fourth house and family works with them all the kids are still at home they're, they're like 20s they like every single thing is connected to family like it's like an octopus right there is their land like they've got family living in other houses like it blows my mind to see how accurate and literal it is like that's the thing that's mind-blowing is how it literal is. it is yeah and what you can also find is these beautiful sort of karmic generational patterns with fourth house stuff so i know um you know, I know someone who all three of her children have the same planet in their fourth house because that's how they felt their childhood was. And I was just like, of course they've all got that planet in the fourth house. Yeah. So you start to see this, this karmic pattern. And even for me, you know, I don't have any planets in my fourth, and none of my three daughters do. And I, and I know because of the work that I've done that I've actually broken an ancestry karmic line for my family, my mother line. So I didn't grow up with my my mother, my birth mother, so. I've broken something, so none of my girls will carry that on now. So you can actually start to see these patterns and these, oh, it's 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 so incredible to look at these sorts of things as well because I think that still, again, is a representation of home, like what home is for you, yeah. you know, and how home felt for you growing up. And you will notice, uh, you know, Chiron, if you've got Chiron in the fourth house, again, there's this, there's more of a karmic wound that you're carrying. I know some several generations who all have Chiron in their fourth house. So they're actually carrying the karmic wound. So interestingly enough, you know, maybe the next generation, they might not have it there. So it's, it's so fascinating to look at, you know, how it goes in the generations, how it goes within your own family unit, you know, Um, because yeah, the fourth house is, is mind blowing in um, that it, really is the foundation of your life and that really is our anchor and our home right like it is the foundation of our life so of course you know it's for some people they might have a lot of uh, you know planets in their fourth house and they move homes a lot still as their adults, they are uh, they build homes you know that's their job right they're builders so they're literally building so so we can see how it's happened for you that it's sort of branched out a little bit it's very creative um, but for some, it's so literal that they're so attached and entwined to their family. And it's sort of like they can't get away, even if they tried. And I watch this. Like, okay. it's 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 mind-blowing. Crazy. So,
0: yeah. So now I'm, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at my kids' charts and see, like, what's happening there. Look at my husband's chart. Um, but I do want to venture into the second house that you spoke about with possessions. and Because uh, I find that super fascinating, especially when I'm working with people and trying to to break patterns within their homes and, and, um, you know, people come to me during transitions. They come to me when there's a divorce, when someone has passed, when there's a new baby coming, when, you know, when we're changing houses. So, um, yeah, I
1: would love to just kind of explore this second house situation. So we'll do that too. I just wanted to quickly lastly say around, uh, the fourth house is I've written here, like. Uh, The planets here will show if you're happy in the birthplace or more successful moving away from the birthplace as well. So certain planets will show that it's actually good to be away from the birthplace, like you succeed more if you move away or you will stay hooked into the birthplace, like you will stay hooked into where you grew up. Um, Planets in the fourth can support or drag you down. And again, there's some sort of like trauma or triggers here, which we've already talked about. But, you know, even... You know people coming to you at a transition you know ultimately when the ic which is the angle of the home is hit with a big planet so pluto hit my ic and my dad died so for me my dad was like my mum because he's the one who took me on because the fourth house is also it's like the birth of life so it's like the beginning it's like it's childhood it's those sorts of things but it, then it's also the decay so You know, fourth house transits will show those things that you've just said. Oh, I've got a divorce. Or, you know, there's other things, of course, relationship houses and stuff like that. But the fourth house can really show, like, we're moving. Like, a a transit happening to the fourth house where we're moving, we're selling, we're buying. So, any sorts of those property things. And then that second house we move to is like, well, what's in the house? You know, like, it's the second house rules your values. Um, You know, what's important to you? And for some people, it's stuff right like it's stuff like they want money they want status they want you to know that i've got the merc and i've got the fucking this and i've got the fucking that and it's all about the stuff right and you will find certain planets in the second house like say neptune for example neptune in the second house they want to spend their money on like spiritual you know like they're not really attached to money they have a little bit of a A very foggy, confused relationship with money because the second house is money. It's money, it's possession. It's what you love. It's what you find appealing. Yeah. So we've looked at fourth being that comfort, sort of, you know, who you are when no one else is around, you know, that's your moon sign. So you can sort of unpack your moon sign to get a really good picture of your fourth house stuff as well. Then we move to the second house, which is literally about literal stuff. So what's in your house? What's your relationship to money? Because obviously money can buy things. Money can be spent on things. We can purchase things that we like. So you can sort of get a bit of an idea of who someone is by what's in their second house. So, you know, for me, for example, I've got Uranus in my second house. Uranus is that sort of like... Uranus in the second house will show that their values are very different, I think, to what society thinks. Like money would never... Money would never, like someone having something that's expensive or a car or earning a lot of money, like that doesn't appeal to me. Like that doesn't turn me on. Like I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like what's your sign and who's your soul? Like I don't really give a shit about stuff. But when I yeah. look at the, when I look at Uranus in the second house, it means that I've got an eclectic sort of palette as well. Like, you know, it's, it's similar. I've got planets up in my lounge room. I've got crystals. I've got flowers and plants and lots of candles, photos, those sorts of things, you know, I'm not sparse, you know, like maybe someone with Saturn in their second house, like they're a little bit more limited, like they don't have as much stuff, because they've had like a, they've had a different relationship you know, um, but, it's, but it's interesting too, you know, like the second house is like what, you know, do you possess a lot of things? Are you a hoarder? Are you a minimalist? How much stuff do you have and what kind of shit is it? You know, like, is it just, you know, the hoarding, you know, we we might see a, a lot of planets in the second house with, you know, someone who maybe okay. hoards a lot of stuff, like hold on, you know. Even the moon in the second house can be a little bit like that because the moon is very sentimental. So if the moon's in right. the second, oh, well, I can't throw that away because that happened back in 1924 and if I chuck that away, like I can't get rid of it, you know. So um, ultimately... The second house is ruled by Venus. So we can again look to Venus in our chart to see, well, what kind of things do we find beautiful? Like what are we attracted to, you know? And you will find those, you will find that. So you're looking at the planets in the second house to sort of go, well, what sort of stuff do I have? Is it random? Do I have no planets in the second house? Again, you would look to your second house ruler. But then you can go to Venus and go, well, what's the things that make me feel good? What's the things that are beautiful to me? that's what Venus is is beauty and appeal. Yeah. Visual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I want things to look visually beautiful because I have Venus in Taurus. So my Venus is at home in her home sign, but she's in the eighth house. So again, there's this like a cult like magic like place for me. So my stuff's all very witchy and okay. incense and you know stuff like that. Like that's what's beautiful yeah. to me. Um candles being hundreds of candles being lit in my house, that's what's beautiful to me, you know. Uh, but for some people, that's not what it's going to be like. It might be completely different. Okay. Their Venus might not be in a happy sign like, like Taurus or Libra, where is where she's happy, right? Uh Venus in Pisces is where she's the most happy. She's exalted. She's like the queen at queen at the table. And you know, you might find that they have like a lot of, you know, paintings of mermaids and blue and you know, very oceanic. You know, you're gonna start to understand the archetype of each of the signs and then our Venus represents that for you yeah Yeah. so I think my Venus is in
0: Scorpio Um. so is there any insight on that does that mean that I'm just like totally into goth and like dark and
1: <laughs> no, absolutely there is that sense of you know it's deep it's intense but it's in the sixth house for you and the sixth house is the house of daily rituals so lighting a candle pulling a card is a cult it's the dark side of the moon sort of stuff and it needs to happen every day for you okay so venus being in the sixth house like these daily rituals are very important for you And you know we've already talked about like even how you do the podcast you know it's very ritualistic hello it's it's about routine for you you know your routine and ritual is what keeps you anchored in whereas for some people like they, they might not have a routine in their ritual it might not even be about ritual for them But that's what you find beautiful that connects you into your day it connects you into your your cycle of your day and you you pull a card every day and share it with people so that shows that's what you find harmonious that's what you find balances you and that sixth house like I said the sixth house is our everyday stuff it's our devotion it's our rituals it's our sense of service it's also our house of health as well but the sixth house for me is like you get up, you brush your teeth, you do the things, right? Like it's the it's the how to yeah. what you've got to do. And for you, you've got this yeah. Venus in Scorpio, you've also got Uranus there in 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 Scorpio as well. So again, it it's that very occult like, you know, your your daily ritual might look very different to someone else's. Because for someone else's, it might be like I get up and I do a green juice and I do 15 star jumps and I, you know, it's very clinical or it's it's not very deep. You know, like I'm not saying that's not deep, but, you know, it's very different than yeah. Scorpionic, you know, it's very different to the Scorpio side of things, yeah? Yeah. So it's it's amazing oh. that you can unpack even just your Venus to have a look at, well, what is those things that, you know, connect you into um, what you find beautiful and, and you know, and then, and then coupling that with your second house, you know, because we want to work with both, you know, just like we want to work with the fourth okay. house, we want to work with the moon, the moon looking at your moon house and sign again will give you that sense of this is where I feel safe like I feel safe you know your moon's in your third house so communication and talking about your emotions and talking makes you feel like yeah okay like the moon and the moon is in her house of joy in the third house which again the third house is similar to the sixth house rituals daily stuff the things that you do so the third house moon is someone who who, who, again, very similar to the Venus in the sixth house who has these like, you know, I do a full moon ritual every full moon. I do a new moon ritual every new moon. You know, like that is that is a part of your cycle. The moon is in her house of what's called joy in the third house. You know, she loves to be there, you know. And, and again, you have got this third and sixth house stuff going on which to me, they're, they're, they're two two similar houses because they're literally also about our routine and ritual. So even going to the sixth house, you can start to see, well, what's my routine and ritual? Which, of course, you're going to start in your home. So there's so many different facets, you know, obviously to astrology, so many layers. And, and you know, yeah. but even just looking at the home stuff, when we look at the fourth house, we look at the second house for sort of what stuff you've got, What's what are your literal possessions like? You know, some people have, second-hand possessions their whole life, they never buy anything new. That's going to show up in the second house.
0: Right. Yeah, what um, planet would be there that, that would kind of signify that? Well, it sort depends.
1: Um, Saturn always feels like, again, restriction, like I don't have the money to go and buy something new. Okay. Saturn in the second house can be feeling inhibited by money. So obviously if you feel inhibited by money, you might not go and buy new things. Um, I think you know, Uranus is, like, a little bit eclectic, you know, so you could collect things. You know, I've got, like, a cool set of yeah. old scales from, like, a, um, a second-hand shop. Like, they're so rad. Like, they cost me, like, $80 or something, but they're literal scales, like, and because I've got lots of Libra in my chart as well. So, again, like, Uranus would show, like, a different sort of style. Like, it doesn't always have to be. So you know, Venus okay. in the second house might love, new, you know, really love beautiful things, like, constantly have to be surrounded by beauty because Venus would be in her home. In the second house but then we've got to look at what sign she's in and then we've got to look at what other planets she's talking to and that's that's where astrology goes deeper and deeper and deeper because i can say all of this and it you might go oh no but i'm like this but it's like oh because that planet's talking to another planet. but the planets are also yeah. talking to other planets and pulling in on other oh i'm having a i'm having a hard conversation over there with that planet but a good conversation over there with that planet so there's always so many layers to astrology really just at the fundamental level start to understand these nuances like start to understand the language fourth house could be what we've spoken about the second house and then you know I think the sixth house is nice to even have just mentioned because it is about ritual our daily rituals yeah. and how we do things Ah, oh, it's so fascinating I just want
0: to like I almost want to go back and like look at you know clients charts and see what's happening there and um, and even going forward like if you know, if they want me to come in and like look at the chart and see what's happening and and the communication there. I just think that, and just to get into it, you know, this deeper level and understanding of, okay, this is what's happening here. And that's why certain things are, you know, resonating and why some things are are getting pulled back. And and I'm almost curious to see if there's like, you know, if there's a pattern almost with the people that are coming to get design help. Cause like you were talking about with Saturn and the second house, they probably aren't going to Maybe hire a designer to bring in, you know, new things, right? They they may want somebody to come in and do like a refresh or repurpose what they've already got.
1: With you know, and then the the exciting other layers of that is that what if. Is- They have, like, a really great um, planet come and move through their second house for six or seven months or a year or whatever that planet's moving. then all of a sudden, say, it's Jupiter moving through the second house. Jupiter brings benefits. So maybe Jupiter brings money to that person and then they decide to do something with it, you know. So we can see all of, you know, we can see with the transits, which is what's happening to your chart by the cosmic codes that are going on up above as of today like right now today we can go oh this house is being activated for you even when you're a certain age um a certain house is activated for you so when you're 39 for all of us when we're 39 our fourth house is activated so all of a sudden you know this is what this is what's called your perfected years so our yearly annual perfections really also make a huge difference as well because if you're a certain age second house so obviously 39 38 so 37 so 37 39 you know the second and the the fourth house are activated you know I'm about to turn 41 my sixth house will become activated so my daily rituals and routines and daily life you know that will be of more importance so when you're having a second house perfected year like that would be a year of like looking at your money looking at what you're spending looking at your stuff you know you might even move you might buy real estate same with your fourth house you might again move have renovations Uh, look at your family you know do those sorts of things so the activations that happen are just as important as understanding your own birth chart like we understand that but then but then sometimes something doesn't make sense until it makes sense you know until something is there to highlight that and to bring that to the forefront it's like ah, yes actually 39 I sold my house at 39 I, I had a you know, flood, I, renov- I needed to renovate. Like, whatever that is, at 39, you will know yeah. something will have happened at 39 that changed sort of maybe the course of your life or change that anchor point in mm. your life. I love that you said that because at 39, that's when I moved. That's when I moved to north, you know, where I'm at now, closer to the water. Of course. You know, we, we see these points in the chart and they are, they're, they're big activations and so those sorts of things would be interesting to look at in your work as well like oh well actually in two years you've got this happening or you know oh are you thinking of selling next year because this is being activated and we could spruce up the house or whatever you know like there's infinite infinite possibilities but it just still after feels like eons and eons and eons still blows my mind like even to come here and talk about like the home you know like astrology can be weaved into everything like because our chart will show us what is of value to us? What sort of, you know, things do we buy and collect and purchase? You know, what sort of family life did we have? You know, what does home mean for us? We can see that in our own chart just, again, by basically, you know, looking at that fourth house, looking at that second house, you know, and then again, you know, I love the the sixth house point when you brought up your Venus. I'm like, yes, of course, daily rituals. That's a part of what you do every day, which is a part of your home life, Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when you say activate, when something's activated, what does that mean? And how can somebody
1: notice that something's activated in their chart? So when you go to astro.com and you, once you type in all of your birth details, if you, if you click the with transits button, that's showing you on the outside of the circle where everything is today. And so for me, awareness is always like the key, right? Like when we're aware of something. We can't, you know, we can't change the trajectory. We can't go, oh, Pluto's going through my fourth house right now. It's like, okay, I can't change that Pluto's going through my fourth house, but what I will understand and know is family life, what it means to be a daughter, what it means to be a mother, my physical and literal home, my relationships with my children, all those things, they will change. And you can't make that shit up because my dad died and my dad was like my mother, you know, so my family completely disintegrated once my my father died because I don't have any contact with my birth mother now and even the family I grew up with which was like a step family like that all dissolved yeah. so I had to learn to reparent myself I had to learn to you know I had to learn to let go of what family even was and even though it was yeah. dysfunctional and it wasn't happy I still had to learn to let that go you know and yes my family is my husband and my three daughters but the thing is is that all this happens when Pluto moved into my fourth house. So when you understand where planets are moving, especially those transpersonal planets, Neptune, uh, Uranus, Pluto, because they're very slow. So they're going to move through a house very, very slowly, like for, for 15 years, you know. So they're going to change the whole landscape of a house. for You know, for some people, they will never have Pluto move through their fourth house in their entire life. So we all, that's what's so Unique and incredible about our own micro activations, and that's what's cool about it is that you, you know, you will uh, never have Pluto move through your fourth house. That will never happen for you because you were born with Pluto in your fifth house. And as we speak now, Pluto is only in your eighth house, and and you will, you, know, you will pass away and die like Pluto, like before he even gets to your tenth house, you know, or or in your tenth or eleventh house. So because he takes so slow to move through each sign. But then you've got quicker transits, like Mercury moves very quickly. The sun obviously moves. So when the sun is moving through the fourth house, pay attention to what's being illuminated, you know. So for you, it's Leo season. So it really is just looking at the basic, these basics. And and I'm a very big, you know, sun illuminating person. Like my whole, what I do is like follow the season of the sun. The solar alchemy is important because the sun is only in one sign for a year, for one month a year so you want to follow and track the sun around your chart of course people like to do that with the moon you know the moon trackers but the moon moves around your entire chart in 28 days so it's very very quick whereas the sun takes a whole year hence you have a solar return and so on and so forth so once you start to understand what the planets are doing in the skies as we speak now then we know ah well it's leo season so every leo season for you your fourth house becomes activated. So what happens there? Is that a time of, you know, for you guys, it's winter. So is that a time of where you're feeling actually a little bit introvert? Like you're like, oh, I'm just going to like putter around and drink red wine and, you know, create some beautiful online things so I don't have to go out much. Like you start to look at, well, what is the season of that cycle for me? So, So pay attention to the... You know what people call the star signs but the sun signs of when it is leo season for you when it is cancer season for you because cancer season is your second house so again it's that that sense of nurturing so the moon actually rules your second house your moon is in leo you know leo rules your fourth house so there again we've got this connection to the second beauty what feels good for rachel because it's her moon sign so cancer season and Leo season are those two seasons with your with your second and your fourth. Now, so you you start to you have your own cycle. and when we live by our own cycle at our own rhythm, life is seamless. And of course, everything is crazy and we can't change out there, but yeah. we can change in here. And when we understand our own cycles and rhythms of our own chart, we can become at home and at peace with those. Because yes, there might be some turbulence. Yes, there might be a death or something unexpected or a flood or whatever it is. But when we understand the chart, there's something around it that's soothing. That's like, okay, I'm just, you know, this is a part of my cycle. This is a part of my story. This is a part of my growth, you know. For me, life is brutal and life is beautiful and they're both just as valid. If we're only ever trying to have beautiful and, you know, bypass the brutal parts, you know, that's where brutal hurts more. You know, because when we accept the brutality and we can see it all in the chart, you know, I just did a chart yesterday and and she's had like two car accidents in like, with a baby in like two months or three months or something. And she's got those transits happening there. So they're not negative. And if I had have seen her before that, I could have said, be careful. But the thing is, is that, you know, Everything still is in divine orchestration of what's being played out in our chart. And it's still just like, like I'm always still like, ah, this is so amazing, you know, like still blows my mind, like still. Yeah, it it is amazing. That's so cool. And
0: you have a program, right? A self-guided program for people to learn
1: how to read their charts. Absolutely. Yep. It's all online. So you just purchase it from my website, tiani.com.au. Um, it's a seven week module one course. So really just helping you to understand the language. So you can look at your chart and go, Oh, you know, that house is ruled by this. You know, so you're understanding signs, planets, houses. You know, yeah, you know, I've chucked in like day or night chart, chucked in some retrograde stuff. Like it's it's packed to the brim. Like it's over ten hours of just me like this, very excited, talking about astrology <laughs> and um yeah it's like seven weeks you get notes very basic simple to the point notes every week and then take copious amounts of notes um as you're watching because that's what i am told um and it's just great to start to get a feel for the language and to be able to for me it's about looking at your own chart astrology takes decades to even become an astrologer because it's so layered and intricate so the course is really set up for for personal use for you to look at your chart look at your children's charts look at your husband's chart you know use podcasts like this to weave in that sort of stuff like that's what's cool about this is that I could go on any sort of podcast parenting home life you know spirituality sex like whatever you want to talk about like it's all in our chart it can't not be because the chart represents the totality of all of those themes and areas in our life so yeah I just love my mod one course because it just really helps people to understand the language a little bit more and look at their chart and go, boom, like I know that I've got a stellium in my fifth house and the fifth house is this, you know, so to really be able to be fluent with that. Yeah. So that's a, that's a cool course. Yeah. And one of the best ways to work with me in a way, because like I'm fully booked up for the year and you know, I've got people booking into February of 2023. So if people want to work one-on-one with me, like it's not like an immediate thing. So my, my course, my seven-week course gives you like a really great structure to, ha- to start to look at your own chart. Um, and then I do masterclasses as well. Like if you're following me on Instagram or you've signed up to my newsletter, you know, I'm doing random masterclasses that are just like a two-hour masterclass to help, you know, teach a section. And, and right now, um, just before we go into eclipse season, I have an eclipse masterclass on my website as well for 30 bucks, two hours, and I'm just jamming on like what these eclipses mean for the next especially this year and we're just about to be in that and they're very important eclipses as we can already feel this year like the Scorpio South Node, the Taurus North Node Um, and again like I think it's actually so perfect with this podcast is that the the North Node's in Taurus um, and Taurus is ruled by Venus and that, that takes us back to that second house and Venus is also about this simplicity you know in getting back to your organic nature and i think that when you look at your second house too like how can you strip it back to what is really of value to you like what is really of worth you know for me what what is a real value of me is my time because i can never get my time back so for me if i'm spending time or doing something that's that's spending my time like that's a value so for me when people talk about self-care and they're like oh i got a pedicure or whatever i'm like no self-care for me is like saying no to having coffee with those bitches like i'm not having coffee with you bitches like i don't have the fucking time to waste on your shit you know so i would much rather be alone than wasting my time doing shit that doesn't matter and that's sort of how i mean i don't even waste my time watching movies that shit like i'm like oh stop the lee i mean i'll watch the same thing over and over again and that's a very tourist thing like i'm very comfortable watching i'll just watch Stranger Things again for the third time. Oh, I'll just watch Seinfeld again for the millionth time. But I'm like, it's quality. Like, I'm quality over quantity, darlings. But, um, but I love that the North Node is directing us there. It's actually nearly like coming home to yourself. Going to risk coming to your own nature, your own sovereignty. And I think that that really even gels in with um, this podcast as well. That that's where the North Node is. That's where we're all being directed to be over this next 18 months oh that's awesome so when does eclipse season start we're in it now uh the first eclipse is for us down under is the 1st of may but i think for you guys it's the 30th of april um and that is the new moon eclipse in taurus so um yeah like my 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 nodal masterclass is called the love and death nodal portal uh that is on my website and you can you know download that again it's just straight up straight into your inbox and you can watch it immediately keep it and keep referring to it so you know where the eclipses are happening in your own chart because they're big ones like they're very big important eclipses this year because they're in fixed signs we've got uranus in taurus which is a fixed sign we've got saturn in aquarius which is a fixed sign so a lot of structures are changing all we have to do is sort of look around so we need to understand where that's happening in our own chart because a lot of people kind of jump on these like you Know Instagram going, oh, it's eclipse season, it's eclipse season that they're manifesting. You know, you don't manifest on eclipse season. I've actually got this cool product, which is uh, this, these candles being made, they, these have been specifically made for eclipse season to burn during eclipse season, so it's not a ritual, it's not something you manifest. You don't want to manifest on eclipse season because it's the sun and the moon are like being swallowed, so there's so so. You know, there's an energy of like, it's karma because the nodes are involved. So the eclipse is the ritual. Just having the eclipse and being present and aware that what drops in is the ritual. And so I made two two of these, or well, my, my girlfriend made them, but I came up with concepts, okay. the crystals, the handouts, and stuff. So I'm not sure if they could be sent to them, but they're so beautiful. And then to burn during the whole eclipse period, because from the 30th for America and the first, we, 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 we dive into what's called the eclipse sandwich. So we have the new moon eclipse in Taurus and then the full moon eclipse in Scorpio, which will be on the 16th of May. So that's like the eclipse sandwich. That two weeks is potent. But the two weeks before, which is now the build-up, we're in eclipse season. So it's very important to understand eclipses, to have reverence for them um, and to just, you don't need to do anything. You just need to be and be very aware and be careful. You know, like eclipses are disruptive they're chaotic energy so you know you be extra careful driving you be extra careful cutting something in the kitchen you know it's just and for me when we have what I perceive as accidents for me it's we're out of alignment because we're not paying attention and we're not switched on we're having an accident if we're having accidents we're having multiple accidents if we're reversing into a letterbox if we're you know running a red light or any of those things we are not switched on and paying attention and in, in eclipse season it's much more important to be switched on and pay attention. Kind of,
0: yeah I mean I noticed that even just you know in life where I'm just like like you know you run into something or you almost hit something and it's just like like I'm not in my body and it's just like okay I, I have to like realign what's happening here because yeah we can totally just go off the rails and uh, be out there so, Tiani, what, uh, what do you have brewing? What's coming up for you? What, what are you doing for the rest of this
1: year? Or, or what are you working on? I'd love to know. Well, I'm just about to take a month of clients to write my 2023 energy survival kit. So um, I, I write a 200-page uh energy kit for each year it's like a book it's like my work of art each year um my 2022 kit is awesome it's available um on my website as well and you can just do the digital um if, because i you know just with shipping and stuff like that but um and then you can just print it off yourself and like so that's like a really big that's a big thing i've got some master classes that i want to record Uh, that they'll be on my website as well. So it's really just all astrology as usual. Um, It's the only thing I do, but I'm looking forward to my 2023 energy survival kit. It's got a very, it's very, you're going to love it because it's very dark. It's very like, I've got some aesthetics for it for my designer at the moment. Very skulls, taros, red candles, because we're going into a very epic year, something next year that's happening that hasn't happened in 248 years. know we've got some very big things coming up so i love to prepare everyone it's a month by month workbook journal where you can write it's got all the new and full moons mercury retrograde spreads solstice and equinox spreads um at this point it is only it you know it's it's southern hemisphere as in with the dates but of course the spread's still the same so it's like if it's a solstice down here it's still a solstice up there um and yeah, so that's sort of what's on the cards for me this year. Finishing I that off, it. and you know, and and doing some more little masterclasses because everyone's sort of been raving about those because it's short and sharp, you know, like yep. it's yeah, it's two hours, you know, it's
0: I learning it. something about the chart. So yeah, yeah, I love you. I just love your to the point, short, and sweet. Like let's just get the information and move on.
1: <laughs> get it out. Be aware. Be empowered. You know forewarned is forearmed. like you want to know the stuff that's going on so that you can prepare for what's coming.
0: yeah absolutely and then you know i love rituals so um do you have any rituals or um i feel like i just feel like totally called
1: out with you reading my chart in that in that way see you've got stuff in your sixth house whereas i don't so my rituals are a lot more they're not You know i'm not pulling a card every day you know i like to make sure i do a little bit of breath work every day so even if it's just five minutes so for me doing some inhales and some pursed lips exhales um, i've been watching the sunset a lot so my rituals are they change because neptune rules my sixth house and neptune is spiritual of course neptune is like meditation and yoga and spirituality but neptune's in my third house so me talking is like my ritual (laughs) um you know me doing a lot of writing feet on the earth Uh, you know sometimes it's sunset sometimes it's sunrises, but it's it's a lot more changeable for me you know there was a time where I was meditating every single day for years and I stopped that and there was a time where I was doing the five Tibetan riots I stopped that and so for me it's 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 like Neptune it's very it's very changeable I, I find that My rituals can be, you know, when I hang the washing out, when I wash a cup up, when I pour my tea, when I drink my tea. For me, a ritual on the daily is being present. So that's my daily ritual is being present with what I'm doing. Um, But then when I go outside of that, it will be, yeah, watching the sunset, doing some breath work. um, That's probably about it at the moment. You know, and next year (laughs) if you ask me, it might change, right? I love it. Well, I love that your rituals change because I feel like sometimes – We get put in this box and it's like
0: well i have to do this one thing like every day and it has to be like this and then that's where we stifle this creativity and we become hard on ourselves and there's no grace or compassion and it's like no like this can shift and 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 you can play with it and you can experiment so i love that you shared that with all of us because i think that will really resonate with a lot of people just so
1: that they're not so like you know hard on ourselves we always tell you know my clients or my listeners to on my podcast the same sort of thing as well like don't be stifled or rigid around what you do. Like it doesn't have to be the same every single day. For some people, you know, exercising every day or meditating every day is a part of that. And that's great. You know, as long as it doesn't, as long as you're not distracting yourself from living your life. I know some people who literally sit in a ritual for three or four hours a day. I mean, obviously they don't have children because you can't do that. Um, but, But, you know, just sit in a ritual and make this, a cow and sit there and then to do the journaling every day. Look, I'm not dissing it, but fuck, like you're you're distracting yourself from life as well. Like there can be magic in just you know getting up and sitting with a cup of tea for 10 minutes. Like that, if you can find magic in that sort of stuff, you've you've hit it. But if you're constantly having to like be outside of yourself and distract yourself from life for hours I'm talking about. I you know I, I know people that it does. It literally takes them like three hours to get going because they've got all their things to do and I'm like oh how like that's just too stifling (laughs) for me you know so don't be hard on yourself about your own rituals it doesn't have to look like anyone else's you know even if it's just breath work for five minutes like that's that's not bad that's something Absolutely. Absolutely. And,
0: and I didn't realize you had a podcast. So can you share with all of us what that is so that we can start listening and find you? And
1: Yes. Oh, so my podcast, I've much more up to the ante. I've had it for a little while, but I was not regularly in it. But I realized that it's called Tiani Talks Astrology. Um, but I realized that if I'm calling myself Tiani Talks, I need to talk more. Um, yeah, and because I was getting into that again, that perfect thing. Like I don't have anything that's edited. I literally sit in my closet. I don't have an intro. I don't have an outro. I have absolutely nothing. It's me sitting in my closet, plugging in the thing and just talking and riffing once a week about the astrology that's coming up. Sometimes it's a little astrology lesson. Um, you know, I'll be talking about like whatever it is, like whatever's present, I'll be talking about it. So I've been on there doing, you know, once a week astrology podcast now for a little while this year and i'm really loving it i'm getting so much feedback which is awesome and that's just to be found in like apple and spotify it's everywhere so i, I love it it's so much fun but yeah it's not polished and i was waiting like oh i need someone to do intro music and outro music yeah. and do the thing and i'm like just fucking start like it's not happening right now and maybe that's what makes mine very different to everyone else's because i literally plug it in Hey, lovers like that's it like that's what you get from me like I'm not I'm not even prepping you for what I'm going to talk about I just dive right in and I was clunky as fuck doing it yesterday but I showed up and I did it um so yeah it's, it's actually been such a joy to be doing the podcast I'm really loving it
0: that's so awesome and I feel like that's just you like you get to come into your world and we get to experience you and you don't need anything else I just I absolutely love that it's totally your
1: style it totally is. I mean, I'm so unedited and I mean, even my courses, my masterclasses, my seven week course, it's all unedited. Like it's not, it's just me sitting down talking and you know, back when I wasn't even savvy to like pause things or I didn't even use Zoom. So I wasn't even showing people charts. I was literally, I was like leaving. Like, I need to go to the toilet and walking to the toilet and coming back. <laughs> like I've professionalized it up a little <laughs> bit from that. It's got the same background of wearing the same things it is streamlined, but you know I've, I've also realized that and as we get older too like I don't need to be like everyone else like this is like my medicines just being unedited and me and and um and you know you just become totally okay with that like as you get older you're just like you know, you know like I'm good I'm good
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what I mean that, that to me is like what attracted me to you it's just like you're just you just are who you are and you own it and there's like I just love it it's like I feel like we're like great bestest friends and I've never like met you in person and I feel like I've you know known you and connected with you in such a deep level because of how you show up
1: I, I mean that that realistically has oh, a little bit teary but like that realistically has been the best like compliments that I've got from people because they they meet me in person and then they're like real nervous to meet me and then when they realize that I'm just the same as I am here on an Instagram story, on my podcast, on Facebook, where a lot of people on socials are very different to what they're like in real life. I don't know how to be anyone other than myself. So when you do meet me, I'm just the same. I had one lady say, I didn't realise, like, I was looking forward to how your energy is in real life, if it's the same, and it's like it's 20 times better. And I was just like, oh, (laughs) you know, it's a lovely compliment, but I don't know how to be anything other than myself. If I try and put on an act, like, that's when... Like that's when I wouldn't like that's that wouldn't work for me. So um it it always is the most humbling compliment that people feel like they can connect with me because I'm just a human and we can be best friends even though we haven't met. I mean, I'm telling people I love them all the time. Like I love you, I think you're amazing. <laughs> and I love listening to your voice because I love an American accent. So I always find it great to, you know, to to chat with you. And it's been such a beautiful experience. Like, spear oh
0: I yeah right back at you I would love with you and everything that you're doing and it's so funny that you talk about American accent of course we don't hear it but you know <laughs> I love your accent and it's very very cool
1: it's like oh what are you hearing because I just feel like I sound like a like friend like the the nanny like friend Drescher. like <laughs> I'm like I just but then I hear like occasionally I think i have listened to like one of my podcasts I've got someone says to anything that I do but I did listen I'm like oh like when I was like, oh, my voice is a lot, like not deep, but it, my voice is like this smooth, and I was like, oh, my voice actually sounds okay. I mean, I'm all high pitch, and I'm a high pitch witch, you know, like, and I'm like high pitch witch, you know, I'm, I'm a cackler, but you know, I, I just yeah. think it's so fascinating that we hear these accents for other people but we can never understand why they like our accent and we like theirs. but we're like what are you even hearing
0: (laughs) oh goodness okay great so I'm going to put all of the ways to connect with you in the show notes your podcast your classes everything because people I, I just have a feeling that everyone's just gonna adore you and love you as much as I do so thank you so much being here and taking the time and i know it's you know a a different time zone for you and and you've got so much going on and you're starting your day so i just really appreciate you starting
1: your day with me it just feels like the best day now i can go and take chart notes see a client and it's just amazing i'm so i'm so happy to have started my day like this so thank you for having me on rachel amazing thank you you have been listening
0: to bewitching the home special thank you to all my patreon members without you this show would not be possible music composition by Ken Seth thibodeau editing by marcy ferry and special assistance by blake ferris if you like what you're listening to please hit the subscribe button and if you want to support us even more please join me on patreon at patreon.com forward slash bewitching You can also follow me on Instagram at Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, Lorraine, L-A-R-R-A-I-N-E. And find out more information about the podcast on the website, bewitchingthehome.com.